Hey everybody, welcome home. You're watching Legacy Television. I'm Jeremy Pearson. So glad you tuned into the broadcast today. In just a moment, just a moment we're gonna to pray together, get into the word of God together, and I believe that today has the power to change your life. Before we do that though, I wanna do something with you. I want you to get out your phone, which I can almost guarantee is either in your pocket or somewhere around you right now. And I want you to go to the app store if you've got a smartphone, and I want you to download the Legacy Studios app. You've got to get this thing. We're so excited about this just as a tool to get the Word of God out to you. Since we launched this app uh, sometime last year, we've now had over 15,000 downloads of the Legacy Studios app, and we're so excited about it. Literally hundreds of people every week are launching this app. They're watching the broadcast. They're reading the Legacy Letter. And, and if you don't have it yet, I want you to have it. Of course, it's free. Everything uh, we put out is free. We just want to get the Word of God into your life. Why would we do that? It's because we believe the Word has the power to change you. We believe that God and his word are one. We believe that his word is forever settled in heaven. And if it will get forever settled in your heart, it'll have the power to change your life and change whatever's going on around you. So these kinds of things exist for one reason, to help and to serve you in your walk with the Lord. Get the Legacy Studios app today, amen. Let's pray together. We'll get right into the word. Father, we thank you so much for your word. We are so thankful, Lord, that we have your word to stand on, your word to look to. And we are thankful for Jesus, the word made flesh. So today we ask you for eyes that see him, ears that hear him, and a heart that understands who we are in him and who he is in us. As we open your word today, I'm asking you, Father, for life change from the inside out. We believe, we receive it from you, as a gift of your grace. And we thank you for it and give you all the praise in Jesus' name, amen. I want you to get your Bible. Uh, if, you've, if you've got an actual Bible, get it. If you're using your phone, your tablet, whatever, whatever you gotta do to get the word of God in front of you, do that right now. And I wanna go back to where we began several weeks ago. Actually, it's where we began at the first of this year in the series of broadcasts that we aired that were recorded live at Faith Life Church in Branson, Missouri. That was a series called Fit for the Fight. And if you've been with us over the last couple of weeks, we've really kind of taken that to the next level. And all of that began in the book of 2 Timothy. So go there with me, 2 Timothy chapter two. And I wanna pick up again with uh, verse, verses 20 and 21. And like I said, I wanted to make sure you get these broadcasts if you've missed any of them, especially over the last two weeks. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we were uh, beginning a series and I guess I'm, I'm kind of calling it Make Yourself Useful. Make Yourself Useful. That's what this series is all about. And I don't know if you got told that as a kid. I, I feel like I got told that every so often when, when busyness is going on around you and they're getting ready in the house for something and in classic true to teenage form, I'm sitting there on the couch watching TV. Well, mom walks up and hands me a broom and says, Jeremy, make yourself useful. I can almost guarantee you've heard that at some point in your life. But that's what this series is about, is making ourselves useful to the master, useful to Jesus. So let's look here in 2 Timothy chapter two, continuing on in this series, verse 20. It says this, in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honor and some for dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses 
himself. From the latter, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified. That word's important for us today. Sanctified, it just simply means set apart. Means there's something different about you. You're no longer just a nameless face in a crowd. You've been pulled out. Scripture says, come out from among them and be separate, be holy. That's what this word means. To be sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. You may remember that we looked at the modern English version of this verse that says that you and I are to be sanctified and fit for the master's use, prepared for every good work. And let me remind you that the good work is the work that he's called you to. There's no greater work or greater job for you to do than the, the thing, the job that God has created you and put you on this planet to do. You'll never be more satisfied. You'll never be more fulfilled. You'll never be more blessed doing anything other than the thing that God created you to do. That is the good work. But listen to this. Just because God loves you, and he does, but just because he loves you and just because he's called you, which he has, does not necessarily mean he can use you. It doesn't necessarily mean that you are in this moment right here now in shape, fit, if you will, to be used by him. If you go back and read, this is something you and I do. We cleanse ourselves, sanctify ourselves, make ourselves useful. That's why we're calling this series, Make Yourself Useful, is because this is something that you and I do. He's, of course, he loves us. Of course, he's called us, but we make ourselves useful. And that's why we're studying these things, finding out how do we do that? Because your heartbeat and mine should be for one thing in this life, on this earth, and it's, Lord, use me. Whatever you've called me to do, that's what I dedicate my life to doing, use me. I want to be of some service to you. Like Isaiah cried out, here, I, here am I, send me, use me, make yourself available to him. So we're looking at scriptures. We're looking at examples from the life and ministry of Jesus, people who got used by him, people who were not used by him and looking at the differences. Let's go back to the book of Luke chapter nine. And while we're reading these things, again, I want you to, to bear in mind there are, every one of us are loved. We're, we're loved the same by God. There are not those he loves more and some he loves less. No, the same price was paid for every man. The Old Testament talks about that when they would go and they would pay, uh, they, would, they would give uh, in the temple. It said in the book of Exodus, I believe that the rich shall not pay more and the poor shall not pay less. It was one price for every man. And what a, what a beautiful picture that is of Jesus. One price for every man. The same price was paid for the rich man that was paid for the poor man. The same price was paid for man that was paid for woman. The same price was paid for the black man, the white man, the red man, the every man on planet earth. The same price was paid for us, which says we're worth in the eyes of God the same. You're not worth less than I am. I'm not worth less than you are. The same price was paid for us and it was the price that was paid for us that attributes the value. So we're all loved by him. And on top of that, we're all called by him. You're created with a purpose. Did you know that? 
You were fearfully and wonderfully made. God saw you and he knit you together in your mother's womb and it was with purpose and for purpose. And maybe somebody on this planet thought you were an accident, but he didn't. He knew you were coming from before the foundation of the world. There was and is a plan for your life. But just because you're loved and just because there's a plan doesn't necessarily mean you're walking in it right now. No, see, the plan of God has got to be sought out with a hungry heart. The plan of God has got to be hungered for. It's like treasure, not treasure hidden from you, treasure hidden for you. And it's yours to seek out. It's yours to discover. And what you've got to understand is that there are people on this earth right now that are being used by God. They've made themselves useful and available to his plan. And they're being used in big ways, having big impact on the earth. There are others that are being used by him, but in smaller ways. But I'm going to tell you something. And the sad fact is this, that most everybody on the earth is not being used at all. And that's not his fault because they're loved and they're called but they've not made themselves useful, not made themselves available. Those who are being used and having big impact, they're not loved anymore. They're not any more called than anybody else. They're just more ready, more available for the work that God's called them to do. So let's look at this, an example of it. We've, we spent some time looking at it before, but this is our foundation for everywhere we're going throughout this series. In verse 57 in Luke chapter 9, this is out of the life and ministry of Jesus. It says, now it happened as they journeyed on the road that someone said to him, Lord, I'll follow you wherever you go. How many people have made this promise to Jesus? But his response to it is kind of what catches us off guard a little bit. It's not what the stereotypical picture and image of Jesus might be. Verse 58, Jesus said to him, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. It's almost like he's trying to talk him out of it. Now I know that he's not, but he's being very real with him about it. In other words, Jesus is saying, you're making big promises, but do you have what it takes to back up the promise? He goes on in verse 59, he said to another, Jesus said to another, follow me. Two-word invitation. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and preach the kingdom of God. And another also said, Lord, I'll follow you, but let me first go and bid them farewell who are at my house. Notice both these guys said, let me first do something. We spent a lot of time talking about this on last week's broadcast. Me first, he said, me first, me first. And the interesting thing is, is they're not telling Jesus no. And there are plenty of people who have heard the call of God, recognize they are called and have just flat out told him, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not giving my life to ministry. I'm not giving my life to this or that or the other. Out of whatever reason, fear, stubbornness, anxiety, uncertain about the future, but for whatever reason, they've told him no. But that's not what these guys did. They said, yeah, 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 yeah. That sounds great. Cool, 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 cool. I'll follow you first. Let me first go. And it was always go back home. It was always, let, let me go bury my father. And of course, studying this, you're going to find out he's not asking to go attend a funeral. This guy's dad's not even dead. And he's saying, let, let me go wait till, till he's gone. And then I can do what I want to do right now. I've got to do what he wants me to, what his dad wants me to, living under 
the expectation of somebody else. I wonder how many people have not yielded to the plan of God because they think they're going to be disappointing somebody else in their expectations for their life. The other guy says, let me first go home and bid them farewell who are at my house. But I want you to again hear the response of Jesus because it's not what you would think. A lot of people think Jesus would be like, okay, cool, you know, family first. You know, you do what you got to do. I'll be here waiting. I love you, baby, whenever, whatever. But that's not what Jesus said. In verse 62, he said to him, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Again, this word fit just means useful. Jesus is saying, I love you. I've called you. But as long as you've got something else more important to do than what I've called you to do, I can't use you. These are heavy words. These are serious words. And today I want to build on this in the time that we have remaining. And I want you to see what made these individuals unfit of no use in that moment to Jesus. We touched on it before, but I want to expound on it today. Verse 62, listen to him again. Jesus said, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back. No one who looks back, he said, is fit for the kingdom of God. Looking back. These individuals kept looking back. What were they looking to? Looking at home, looking at where they came from looking at these relationships in the past, looking, looking at what's going on back there. Yeah, yeah, I want to move forward, but first I got to go back. Jesus says, no, uh-uh, I can't use that. I love you, I've called you, but I can't use that. As long as you're looking back, you're of no use to me. But here's what I want you to see today. Looking back has some pretty weighty implications to it. Looking back is a pretty dangerous proposition that could even have deadly implications. I know that sounds serious, but, but listen, ask Lot's wife about looking back. You remember her? Think back on Genesis chapter 19. As a matter of fact, just turn back there and, and you can hold your place in Luke 9. If, we'll, if we have time, we'll come back to it. But in Genesis 19, remember how, uh, remember how looking back turned out for her. In Genesis 19, you remember this, if you spent any time in children's church growing up, you heard the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, which when you think about it, is kind of an odd children's church story. But regardless, you heard it and I heard it. Most of us have. But Sodom and Gomorrah, the, the wickedness of this town had risen before God. I mean, we think things are bad today. And in many ways they are. And people often say it's never been as bad as it is right now. No, it was worse. There were times when it was worse. I'm going to tell you something. It's never been as bad as it was before Jesus came. Jesus changed everything. And whether people around the world know it or not, when he came, he put value on them. He put worth. He attributed value to their lives. And whether they realize it or not, the whole earth right now in the atmosphere is living with the truth that the gospel has been preached. And that's in the air. Now, I know there's some bad stuff going on in some bad places, but it was worse then. And the wickedness of this city had risen before God. And he sent the angel of the Lord, two angels to seek out Lot. And they showed up at Lot's house and they said, you got to get out of here. And now you got to get out of this place. It's about to be destroyed. And Lot went to tell his family, his son-in-laws. And the scripture tells us in Genesis 19, they thought he was joking. And it also says in, in uh, verse 16, while he lingered. 
So they've come, the angel, angels of the Lord have come and said, you got to leave now. This place is about to go up in flames. And while he lingered, are you kidding me? You're just going to hang around and see what happens. It says in verse 17, it came to pass when they brought them outside, he said, escape for your life. Notice the instructions that came through these angels to Lot and his family. Do not look behind you. This is very simple and it's very clear. Do not look back. He said, you run and you don't look back. Can you hear the urgency in this command? Don't look back. And he even said, don't stay anywhere in the plane. But then Lot goes on, he says, beg, he begs him, please let me stay in this little city in the plane. I can't go to the mountains. Just, just let me stay in this little city. I want you to see here how tightly they're trying to hold on to where they are. If I can't stay here, let, let me stay at least close to it. I imagine he ended up regretting that too, but the angels of the Lord finally said, look, you've got favor, you can stay there, but you've got to go now. And of course, you know how, how this goes on in the next several verses. Verse 25 says, he overthrew the cities, all the plain, all the inhabitants of the cities and what grew on the ground. And man, while it's raining down fire and brimstone from the sky. And we don't, we don't know what necessarily the Lord used to do it. I don't know if it was meteors hitting the earth. I don't know what it is, but it leveled the place. And get the picture here. I mean, these, this family is running out of town and this is happening as they run. You've probably seen something like this in a movie where bombs are going off just steps behind you as they run and they're just narrowly making it out of this thing alive. But look what happened in verse 26 but his wife looked back behind him and she became a pillar of salt. Now, I think somewhere, like I said, in, in our childhood and especially in these stories that we become really familiar with, we kind of get an idea and an image of what happened. And I know one of the things I wrestled with, even as I was getting ready to talk to you today, was the, the thought of they're running out of town in my mind, they're running, they're running, they're running. And Lot's wife just sort of peeked back, right? To see what was going on. She just sort of glanced back and all of a sudden she just turned into this pillar of salt, whatever that is. But that's, that's not exactly what happened. The more you study this, maybe just look at it in other translations. You see in places where it says she looked back, here's the key word, longingly. Let me read it to you from the Amplified Bible. It says, but Lot's wife from behind him. So get the picture. He's out there running. He's got these words echoing in his mind. Don't look back. Don't look back. Don't look back. Run, baby. Run, baby. Run. Don't look back. Don't look back. Don't look back. He's out there in front of her. She's behind him. Lot's wife from behind him foolishly and longingly looked back towards Sodom in an act of disobedience. She knew what she was doing and she became a pillar of salt. She didn't just glance back. This was not a look of curiosity. Let me tell you what had happened. They had gotten so integrated into the life and the culture of this city they were living in. If you remember, they had started off just sort of moving towards it, and they set up camp outside the city, who knows how many years before this. Before you know it, man, they are living in the middle of it. They're in the thick of it. And this culture has so 
infiltrated them and integrated, they're integrated with it, and now they're a part of it. So much so that they lingered when the angel of the Lord came and said, you got to go and go now. And they're looking for any reason to stay, man. It got in them. Its culture got in them. She didn't want to leave. She did not want to leave this place. And even when they're running for their lives, she turned around from behind Lot. So it stands to reason he didn't even see this go down. And this was not a look back on the run. She stopped. She stopped running, turned around and looked at it longingly. What's that mean? I wish I was there. I wish I was still in it. The very thing God had delivered her from, not just the sin of it, but the destruction that goes with that sin. God had miraculously made provision to deliver this family out of it. And still she looked back, longing for it. It had its hooks in her. She was attached to it. This thing where we look back, we look back on the stuff God's delivered us out of. Let me tell you what's going on when you look back. Maybe God's rescued you out of some things, rescued you out of bad relationships, pulled you out of bad situations where things were just not going well and your life was spiraling out of control, rescued you out of addictions and habits. Maybe, and I know he's done it for so many people and, and you may very well be one of them, but it's so easy to look back on those things, knowing full well it was killing you when you were in the middle of it. And still there's something in you that's, oh, remember that? Oh, remember, remember how that felt? Remember what that was like? This is why people have such a hard time separating. Remember I said this would be a, a key word today, being sanctified. That word just means you're being separated from something and joined to something else. Lot and his family were being sanctified and she stopped and said, no, I'd rather be joined to that. And looking back on it, it makes no sense. Baby, that place is going up in smoke. It's on fire. And it's, there's no logical sense to it, but that is exactly how Satan wants to do you. And you are life. And there are two things in the last few seconds I have in this broadcast. Let me tell you, there are two things going on while you're looking back. The first one is fuzzy memories. <laughs> you're looking back thinking how great it was and you are forgetting what it was doing to you on the inside. That's deception. But the big thing that's going on when you look back and you can't keep from looking back is it's a total lack of faith. Faith belongs to the future. Faith is always moving forward. Faith will forget the past and press towards the mark. And if you're looking back, you're not in faith. You're not believing that it can get better than this. You're not believing that better is possible. So let me just urge you with this today before we spend some time in worship. Don't look back. You familiar with this phrase? Forget about it. Well, forget about it. Whatever God's delivered you out of, move on, man. Don't look back. Don't let it get its hooks in you. Don't look at it longingly. When Jesus says, follow me, that's your opportunity. 
cut some ties with some stuff and go all full heart all for the call hey thank you so much for listening to the legacy tv podcast we hope you enjoyed this and if you'd like to hear more of jeremy and sarah subscribe to this podcast and download the legacy studios app From there, you'll have access to the Legacy Television broadcast, the Legacy Letter magazine, and so much more. You can also visit pearsonsministries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith. Faith.